Hello, and welcome back to What's Happening. I'm your host, Chase Shropshire. A little bit about myself. I'm 21 years old. I'm married. I got two beautiful dogs. We're living in sunny Southern California. I'm a corporal in the United States Marine Corps, and I love to stay active, go outside, hang out with my friends and family. So if you're a new listener, basically What's Happening is a show all about how to improve yourself. I give motivational talks and kind of like classes just teaching how to love yourself and how to really improve and succeed in your life, as well as some basketball here and there as well. So today, and Tell Me Something Good, which is a segment I like to dedicate to just positivity around the world, is it's the weekend. It's the weekend everywhere. And I don't know about y'all, but I've had a long and hard working week. The work never stops because there's things I got to do at home. So I hope everybody out there has a nice, happy, safe, fun-filled weekend. And today I have something very special for you guys to talk with me about just the state of the NBA. I have one of my best friends. I've known him since high school. He's also host of the I Don't Hate That podcast. Go check him out on iTunes, Spotify, and really any media you can get your hands on. My good friend, Giancarlo Navarte. Giancarlo, how you doing, my friend? Your inspiration, some would say. No way. I wouldn't say that. Some would. Some would. I mean, some would, but not the one-star review I got. They wouldn't say that. I didn't say it, so. Hey, I'm not salty about it, but I wish I would have left, like, a comment so I could understand and take it, you know, take the criticism and fix it. But, hey, why, I see it here no doubt, brother. Why would someone give anyone a one-star review? That's pretty messed up. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's haters everywhere. They, they're on that. That's They're drinking haterade. You're seven ratings, and you got a one-star review? That's That's... Dare I say messed up. I, I gave you a five-star, put a heart, and said nerd. Mm. No, I know. Yeah, there's there's some good ones on there. Is there? There's some I good ones. Any. Yeah, there's that one, and then my buddy that I work with, he posted one, and he basically said, like, yeah, I listened to it because I work with him, but it actually turned out to be really freaking good. <laughs> so I appreciated that one. Yeah, yeah, it was nice to hear for sure. But anyway, let's, let's talk some NBA, brother. I feel like uh, it's, it's been a while. Has indeed been a while. Some would say that is the truth. Yeah. Yes. So I think to kick it off, we're not going to go too deep yet, but I want to start. I'm with, also doing good because I never answered that question. Yeah, I was about to say, gosh, I waited for you and everything. All right, good. Good. My bad. Yeah, no worries, man. How's everything in high jumping world? You jumping out of the gym uh, still? <laughs> I haven't jumped out of the gym since Nam, brother. All right, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll go into basketball. That's fine. We, we don't have to open up any <laughs> Uh Nam's not something. Yeah, I don't want to cry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So first things first. You know as well as anybody would know that I'm a diehard OKC Thunder fan, and right now, uh, you know, I'm not too I'm not too happy, but I'm also excited at the same time. Because obviously we trade away Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Mm. We'll get into Westbrook in a bit, but the the Paul George one, we re-signed him. He had three years left, I think, and he's just like, you know what? Kawhi just talked to me. We got off the phone. He's like, hey, Boardman gets paid, and I'm like, you're right, Kawhi. And he just dipped. I mean, we received freaking Shea Gilgis Alexander, which I think he's I think he's an incredible talent. I, I watched him play a little bit at the Clippers and. Uh, I've been in college, and I think he's, I like his game. I think he plays with a patience that only seasoned 
you know, veteran players really have. And then uh, Danilo Gallinari, which obviously just a really solid, uh, solid scoring threat from the perimeter, um, especially because he's bounced back in recent years and kind of became not necessarily an all-star caliber player again, but a 20, a 20 point score again, which is good. And then we got all those picks too. Um, my question to you is this threw me for such a loop. I think it threw the whole NBA world in like a confused state because I think this just kind of shows to me, like Kawhi is unpredictable. I mean, he goes out and this has to be a move from Kawhi. Like he had to call up Paul Jordan, but yo PG I'm here in the Clippers. Like, or like I plan on going with to the Clippers. I really need you like let's do this thing. And I don't think anybody would have figured that that was Kawhi. The board man gets paid. The thing of, you know, Kawhi waited, waited until the last minute to decide, and he didn't do what everybody else wanted him to do. So I think, what, what's your take on that? Like, what does that show about Kawhi as, like, not only a basketball player, but just as a man? Like, what, what, what do you see? I think Paul George just knew that he couldn't win with Russell Westbrook. And it's Uh, tough to say because I think just Russell Westbrook is getting a bad rap for his inability to help lead a team, which which is nuts to me because I think Russell Westbrook is amazing. Like I I think Russell Westbrook is a great player Mm -hmm. and all that. But it just it's it's crazy that I think I think that uh, Paul George just I think he knew and that the Thunder they have done themselves a disservice by the cat uh, problems that they have. Yes, and we have. I think I think the biggest thing that shocked me was that the Thunder got all they got. Mm-hmm. They should have got so much more. Like I, I, I just don't understand where they, like what, what was the, what was it? They they called. So, of course, of course, all those picks are a lot, but I mean. There's mm-hmm. a difference between all those picks and all the young talents that the Clippers have. The Clippers didn't mm-hmm. give anybody else. They barely gave anyone else. I agree. I think Shea is amazing. They obviously had to give up Shea and Danilo to match or to match the cap, the salary of Paul George. But mm-hmm. what about a, what about a Landry Shamit or a Montrezl Harrell? What so, about those guys? Like yeah. those guys, I think would have performed perfectly there, and they're young. Yeah. So I think it's a Landry little bit. Landry Shamit just came off his rookie year. Oh, I know. That, and and was a contributor crazy. on two two teams that were in playoff contention because he was mm-hmm. on the seventy sixers and then got traded to the Clippers. Yep. Yeah, I I definitely agree because to me, I think we definitely could have gotten more for Paul George. The thing is, is I think it's kind of I think it's kind of a twofold issue. Is one, the OKC Thunder, and they proved this with the Russell Westbrook trade too, is they're a classy organization. I mean, Paul George and Russ both come to them saying, Hey, we want to be traded and they give them where they want to go. And I mean, for the most part, without a hitch, like the trades go off and and they're sent to basically exactly where they wanted to play. And I think that another thing with that, with Paul George is, I think that Paul George could demand, like, you know, he obviously could demand the contract and whatever team, signs him if they're willing if they're willing to give him up to get a lot of assets for him but i think at this stage okay and and like the nba i don't know if like i don't know how much you're you're really getting from a team that's not like absolutely just trying to like that's not in playoff contention like if you trade paul george to a team that is trying to push over the hump and like 
contend for a championship, for example, for next year, because it's so wide open. I think really what we got in return is kind of like the best case scenario. But again, I think it's more because I think it's more because the OKC Thunder just was willing to like uphold what the players wanted. I think that's the biggest thing. I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that Paul George is worth more, but I think in the state of the NBA and then put that with what the Thunder and our management like was trying to do. I think that that's the scenario we just ha- had. You know what I mean? No, I, and I completely get that. But I think that if you're going to trade him to a contender, open the market up. You can't just yeah. – I, I like the, the first person that calls, you're like, okay, we'll trade you to him. you gotta, you got to put Paul George on that market so that people are actually bidding for him. Contenders would have got Paul George. I think that – I think that the, the – Celtics probably would have gotten the Paul George mix. I think the Lakers probably yeah. like would have tried to trade Kuzma or something for Paul George. Like they would have tried. I think I think anybody in the league would have tried to get Paul George. I don't think that the the Clippers were the only team that they could have traded him to. And I think yeah. that, that's just that's like honestly, like you said, you know, the Thunder definitely trying to be on their side, on his side as like a player. But there's a difference between like making a player happy and making the future of your organization as good as it possibly mm-hmm. can be. And yeah, yeah. I've got all those picks, but those picks are from Miami and the Clippers. So the Clippers have three more years with these guys who are probably going to be pretty good. And the Clippers aren't a team in the past, I don't know what, 15, 10 years, maybe 10 years at the least that, yeah, 10 years actually. But the Clippers aren't a team that don't miss the playoffs. They're always in the playoffs whether it's the eighth seed or like the higher seeds, like they're in the playoffs and they're going to keep fighting. And they got a new owner in Steve Ballmer who is willing to pay all the money in the world, obviously to win a championship. He will do yeah. whatever it takes to make sure that that team wins. You could trade him to Boston. You could trade him to Miami probably would have gave him something. And they got those picks for and Miami. Another team, like I was saying with the picks, they're not a team. They're never in the lottery. They're always in playoff contention as well, or at least like ninth. Like they're, that's a team where it's, it's tough to get those picks because – and they're protected. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's tough, too. There was something I was hearing that uh, the Thunder might trade Chris Paul to Miami yep. for those picks to be unprotected, which yep. would be, I think, I think smart, but I don't know how Miami makes that money work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard that, too, and I think that's definitely interesting. Like, I can't see, especially with Shea – there's it doesn't make sense to obviously keep Chris Paul like that's obviously not what our intentions were. That seems to be the plan right now. Yeah. Yeah, I and I totally agree. I I think it's interesting because obviously like we definitely coveted those freaking tri- or the uh the picks pretty highly just because I mean, you have to imagine this I can't imagine this was the first offer that the OKC Thunder had received even just from the Clippers. And so I think that maybe there were some other players in talks or maybe like maybe there was more players but not as many picks and we're like okay how about you just give us these many picks and we'll just take these two players I, I'm sure there's more in the worst than just what we you know the final result because I, I can't imagine that we would just do this because like it was the only option because it's not like Russell Westbrook's situation like his situation was public and his contract is in a huge amount. So there wasn't a lot you could even do with him in the first place. I thought it was kind of funny hearing that story about how they tried to trade Paul George and Russell Westbrook to the 
to the Raptors, and the Raptors said no. <laughs> yeah, because they were they, because they didn't we, they didn't want to give up Pascal, and they didn't yep. want Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's crazy. they weren't willing up. They weren't willing to give up Spicy P. I can't I can't blame them because honestly, with a name like Spicy P, how do you give that up? Playoff. He, He's the spiciest of peas. You can't give that man up. Um, so I think you kind of covered some other stuff that I was going to talk to you about pretty pretty well. So I think we'll get into this. So the Clippers now, and I heard an interesting quote from it was Jalen Rose, and he said the era of super teams, at least as we know them now, seem to be over, and now we're going no. back into like dynamic duos. That's what he said, which I don't 100% yeah. agree with, but I think it's interesting because of how many – two players, like, star-studded teams we have. So that brings okay. us to the Clippers. Do you think the Clippers are the best team in the West? I do, 100%. Yeah, who do you think is behind them, and do you think that there's a, a big gap between one and two? I think the team that's behind them is, I think it's the Lakers, because hmm. of, I just think, and I don't know if the gap is that much bigger. I would say the gap is bigger just because they do not have the bench that the Clippers have, and they don't have the coach that the Clippers have. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I did a power ranking. Let's see what I put down. Let me grab my notebook. But um, I, I do think that the Lakers are second, just because they, they got the players, they got the stars, of course. The but I, I think the Clippers are so far ahead because they have the coach and the the bench. Their bench is they barely again they barely gave up anybody in their trade. So right. they keep all those guys. They got Patrick Beverly back. They got these hustled guys that they and they have an established culture too. I mean, like you said, yeah. with the bench, the coach, the ownership, the owner. I mean, the whole thing with the Clippers is you're going to a, a place that's well established and they know their identity. The the Lakers are not battle tested. They oh, we have oh, no actually, idea what they're going to look like. Actually, my second team that I have on here is the Nuggets. I have the Nuggets no, that second team. That's who I thought you'd say, and I also think that. That's why I was surprised when you said the Lakers. I was like, there's no way Don Carlo believes that. I completely forgot about the Nuggets. I had to look at my power rankings. I have the Lakers or the Nuggets as the number four team in the NBA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then right behind makes, them is the Lakers. Sense. I think the Nuggets yep. and the Lakers are closer together than the Nuggets and the Clippers, though. Yeah, yeah, because the Nuggets, the Nuggets have the same team, which I kind of disagree. That I honestly thought that they should have given up. They should have gave Al Horford away, or uh, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have picked up uh, Paul Millsap's player option. Oh, yeah. I, I thought agree. they should. I thought they should have let him walk, and I thought that they should have given that thirty million to somebody else. Yeah, that would have been have- big for the Nuggets. Because the Nuggets, I think, even with that thirty million, are still under the cap space. Like they, they're, they're that that or they would have been under the cap space. I think fifteen million if they would have given that up. But I think they were just afraid they wouldn't sign anybody. Yeah, that I was just about to bring that up because although the free agency class this year was so stacked, it seemed. I mean, it would have been tough for Denver. I'm not gonna lie because we kind of knew outside of, I think, really the surprise was Paul George because obviously he wasn't a free agent. But for the most part, everybody else had a suitor. I, the Kemba to the Celtics thing, that didn't really surprise me all that much. Um, you know, KD to Brooklyn, I think it's hilarious. And we'll talk about that in a minute too. But 
Yeah, the I Nuggets totally would have had agree. 19 million in cap space if they wouldn't have mm-hmm. re-signed Paul Millsap. And I'm not saying that they would have gotten like a, a big name guy, but they could have got a couple more pieces. Yeah, because their be- their benches. I think they have a pretty deep bench. Like, and all and Michael Porter Jr. is like, coming back too. Don't know what he'll be, but did you, did you hear that stuff about his drop foot? No, he's got this thing. That's why he didn't play in uh, summer league was because he has drop foot. Like I don't, and it's it's something about like that. I'll look up the thing, but his his injury concerns are are stacking up. Yeah. Let's see, foot drop is a gate abnormality in which the dropping of foot happens due to weakness, irritation, or damage to the common fibular nerve, including the serratic nerve or paralysis of the muscle in the ulterior portion of the lower leg. So that has to do with your back and your lower leg. So mm-hmm. I, so the, I mean that back stuff probably contributes to his foot, and it's just like like his foot is dragging. Like he has drag in his foot. It's not like like he he has a hard time keeping it up straight. Yeah. So so when he's running and stuff, his foot drags, and that's that's a wild thing to hear. But that was yeah. something that came up and why he didn't play in summer league. So Michael Porter Jr. is another guy that. You know he's scary, and you you give that thirty million to Paul Millsap. You could have brought in a guy to replace him. Like I don't know, Michael Porter Jr. I hope he plays, but he might not. And then they just gave Jamal Murray, somebody who's never made an All Star team, never made an All NBA, a five year, one hundred and seventy million dollar contract. That's insane. I mean, they seem as a point guard of the future for sure. Yeah, but still, I, man, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, well and then they we got can some, get. They got some other bad contracts too. Yeah, well, no, that's a whole another, whole another thing too. But getting back to the oh, to God. the Clippers. So, okay, what do you think winning a championship as a Clipper for Kawhi Leonard? What does that do to his ranking, like all time? We talking top twenty, top fifteen? Like, what does that do for his legacy? And then how does it? How can he catapult from being like? maybe a top 50 player to, like, top 15, top 10? Like, when it's all said and done, what can Kawhi do? I think he's got to win an MVP. I think he's got to win an MVP. Yeah, yeah I would to, agree. To put, him in, to put him in top 30, he has to win an MVP. I think okay. if he wins a championship this year, I think he's, he's – I, I honestly think Kawhi Leonard is, with what he did in Toronto, I think that put him in top 50. Yeah. Because of just – and obviously Toronto put a lot around him, and Kawhi wasn't the only one that was doing what he had to do to win. But to go and, you know, win a championship with the Spurs, and I, I think just if you look back at it, like what he did with the Spurs in his career, like he – and this thing always comes up. Kawhi is the winningest player in NBA history. Like he, he has the highest win percentage in NBA history as a player. And I think that's insane. But that just is a testament to the teams he's played for and the, you know, what him as a player as well. Like, because mm-hmm. after, after Tim Duncan left, I think it, it might have been after he left or it might have been the year that he left, left the um, the Spurs had a record. It was like 73 and 13 or, or uh, 60, 67 and 13, I believe. And that was, that's one of the highest, um, records in NBA history. Like, obviously, you know, not a lot of teams have gotten that many wins. And there was something I was, I think that they're the, other than the Warriors, they're like the second highest 
winning team to not win the championship that year. Mm-hmm. So that, that that it's interesting that he, you know, he's he's obviously a winner. But I I would definitely put him in top fifty after what he did in Toronto. He's got to win an MVP to break top thirty, probably. No mm-hmm. matter if he wins another championship. But I I honestly don't know. Kawhi will ever win an MVP, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if he'll end up playing enough games. Exactly. That's my thing. Because, he, I mean, if he they wouldn't have done such great load management on him for 22 games. Yeah, maybe he would have won MVP, but he, he also still made would it not be a championship. Team. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, he, he would not have won a championship. Like, let's just say how it is. I mean, if he didn't have those those off days, there's no way the Raptors win that, that series. How- how hobbled he was throughout the playoffs. Too. Mm-hmm. He played every every game in the playoffs. Yeah. He was he was hobbled. He was shot exactly. So there's, I mean, there's something I, I've I've heard that he might not even start the beginning of the season. Yeah. Wow. That would be kind of crazy. Well, I wouldn't blame honestly. I wouldn't blame the Clippers for doing that. To be honest, you got PG holding it down while he's gone too. I I don't hate that they, as an they organization. They basically have the team that took them to the playoffs last year, plus Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I think yeah, the team fine. the team that <laughs> took like two games off of a healthy Warriors squad. Oh yeah, which That's probably crazy. the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think when talking about Kawhi's career all time, what I, what I look at is I try and focus in on if he was to be like a top ten player, like craziest scenario like if that's his goal be a top 10 player of all time i think about a current player you would have to basically like overtake and that'd be kevin durant and what would it take for Kawhi to be a greater all-time player than kevin durant i he's got a lot of time but an mvp he is 27 yeah i know he's 27 which is still got yeah, he's got a t- he's got the time to make up the room, but uh, it that's gonna be tough. That is gonna is, be tough. Is he is he better than Steph Curry in your mind? Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Are we talking like all time, or are we talking right now? All time. No. Where do you put him all time right now? Kawhi, I I can't give you like an act, like a set number, but top no, I mean, fifty, like, I think it's like fair. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I think top fifty is fair. Well, me and you gave. Uh, a breakdown, and I think we both had Steph in the top 20. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so I, that's where I think Steph is, and I think Kawhi is ascending, but I, no, I Kawhi all-time is not as great of a player as, as Steph Curry. There's just no way. No. You, and like you said, you know, something crazy, barring something crazy happens, if Kawhi stays on kind of the trajectory that he's on, maybe he wins one MVP, do you think that he will ever be better than Steph Curry, like considered all time? It it's going to be it's t- that's going to be tough because Kawhi he's basically catching up for the years that he wasn't a two way like star. If that makes sense, like he's always been great on the on the defensive end, but he what, really like what's up this last year. What do you mean? Are you talking about this last year where he's making up or? I'm, I'm saying in general. I think I, I think because this year, last season, the insane thing about this last season was he was an All NBA second team and he was a All Defense second team or something. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what I'm saying. I think this year and the season before, the, yeah, right, and the season before he left the Spurs, 
was the first yeah. time we actually saw him be like the man on offense and also still like a top tier defensive player in the league. And I think that he's just now like making up for the kind of slow start offensively, at least in his career. And at that point, I just, I don't know if he'll ever catch. I think Steph is more attainable than, than like the top 10, but the love for Steph, like, I don't know. I really don't. Kawhi's got a lot of fans uh, and, like, and guys that fucking love him, but I don't know, man. I, Top 50. I yeah. just I just think the things, and this is obviously off topic, but the things that Steph did and has, has done in his career and continues to do just puts him over, man. Oh, I can't. Yeah, I can't deny that because Steph Curry's a system. He is a yeah. system. And there's been only... I can't think off the top of my head, but I guarantee there's been less than five players in the entire league history that's been a system by themselves. I, I bet you can't find a lot of players like that. Yeah. Because he, it, it's incredible. I, I think he's definitely like slept on all time and in the media, especially too. But um, yeah, so I think we covered the that. topic pretty, for another day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll get into that for another podcast, but the next trade I want to talk about, and I, I, I feel like my opinion, like this trade was polarizing, and my opinion is very off-center from the general sports media, but the Westbrook and Chris Paul trade, who, mm. in your mind, who do you think won the trade? Just like outright, who do you think won? Who do you think lost? Or do you think it's kind of a mutual thing? I think the Rockets won for sure. I, I think that mm-hmm. they, I think they win. I think they win just because they – they're a win-now team. It's another thing. I, they gave up picks, right? Yep. Yeah. I think that they, like, um, those, those are more picks that aren't going to be worth anything, in my opinion. Because James Harden's never going to leave Houston, I don't think. I think Harden's there forever. Mm-hmm. And Westbrook's obviously there for four more years. Yeah. I just I don't see a scenario in which they get into the lottery within that pick those picks uh, uh, area. But I had them prior to the Chris Paul and Westbrook trade. I had the Rockets as a nine. I think I moved them up to eight now. Yeah, it's not much. It's and now that I'm saying it out loud and looking at my power rankings, it doesn't seem like they won too much. But let's see where I had the Thunder. Oh my gosh! Even with Westbrook, I had the Thunder at twenty five. I'm yeah, gonna, I think I'm moving this. <laughs> let's see. So I moved the Rockets up to eight, and then I moved. I think I'll move the Thunder. Okay, I'll move the Thunder below the Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies are not twenty five. Thunder twenty six. But that's it's fair. Not, but I honestly, I I think that the Thunder, and this might be bad for them, and this is why I think they need to get rid of Chris Paul. They're gonna win games. And if they don't want to win games, if they want to be a lottery team, they got to get rid of Chris Paul because there's no way in hell that Chris Paul is just going to not win games unless he's going to be injured. Yeah, I think what I think is funny. So if I'm Houston, I love this trade. I think it's funny that and ironic that the Rockets and Daryl Morey, you know, they beat this team like analytics, analytics, and like we're going to beat the Warriors at their own game. And they pick like, one of the worst analytical players like you can possibly pick in Russell Westbrook. Having I like said it, that, I love the fit. And all I've been seeing lately is like, well, how do they fit? Who takes a back seat? Because both these players are the highest usage players of all time. And you have to think Neither. like, 
the way I think, yeah, exactly. You stagger their minutes, one, so they don't always have to be playing with each other. And if you think about what Russell Westbrook is as a player, and stay with me now, I'm not saying they're the same, but on how they play and what you put around them, Russell Westbrook's like a mini LeBron, right? He drives to the lane, he's athletic, he finishes. Not the best shooter in the world, but if he had shooters and another go-to bucket scorer like at the same time, he would propel that team to wins, or that team would win at least. He's never had that. When it was KD, I don't hate that. yeah, like when it was KD, that's another go-to score, but we never had shooters around him ever. Even when it was like back in the day when it was James Harden, Kevin Durant, him, like Serge. Well, he wasn't even a big player. Exactly. And, and now that we've seen what he's developed into, I mean, I think it's a great fit for the Rockets. And I think that a lot of people are like, if they're buying into and drinking the first things first or first take or speak your mind like Kool-Aid, I think that they're hating on the trade. I think that the Houston Rockets immediately became a better team. In my opinion, it's, it's all about a fit, obviously. But still, I, I think that they, they were contenders with the or sorry, the Thunder with the Warriors intact. And now that the the league is so much more wide open, I I think they're up there. I really do, especially in the well. Way. It does this. It does this too. So Russell Westbrook, obviously, last year drive, kick it to Paul George, Paul George makes it, because Paul George was incredible last year. Oh, yeah. This year, Paul, Russell Westbrook drives, kick it to James Harden, kick it to P.J. Tucker, kick it to Eric Gordon, kick it to Jerry oh, yeah. Green, kick it to any of those guys. They have a plethora of men that can shoot the three, which is designed because James Harden does that exact thing where he drives and kicks or he drives and layups. Russell Westbrook will drive and dunk on your ass or drive and kick it. And then the, the thing that kind of worries me is that, and you saw this a little bit with James Harden and Chris Paul, is that James Harden started becoming complacent once he gave up the ball. He mm-hmm. would just stand there. He wouldn't do anything. I, I don't know, and I, I don't know if it's a bad thing if he does the same thing with Westbrook, but I know that I think that some movement is going to be necessary. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. D'Antoni is an offensive coach. I, I semi-trust just because, obviously, his offenses have been pretty good in the past. And this, these past years, they've been really good. But he, it seems like his teams never have a lot of movement. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's also a – it's kind of, like you said, James Harden, that's who he is. Also, when you get Russell Westbrook, it, at the very least, it gets you more slashing potential. It gives you more ability oh, to yeah. have that movement. But, I mean, Westbrook's been guilty of it, too. If he gives up the ball, I mean, he seems disinterested. So – I, I agree with you. I think that D'Antoni will figure it out, and he has to figure it out because I firmly believe, like, maybe not after this season, but next season, if, if you don't win and win big, I think, like, you, you start to look at, like, other coaching options or, like, start looking at, like, bl- not blowing the team up. Well, like but, the Warriors did, man. Yeah, and that's well, the They won all those things with Mark Jackson, and then the next year they hired Steve Kerr. Yep, exactly. I think the same thing has to happen in Houston if they don't win big, especially this year. I honestly and – and then, again, uh, with the drive and kick, a lot of Westbrook's big things in the Thunder came with Steven Adams. He could still run the pick and roll with Clint Capella. I think yep. this makes Clint Capella even more valuable, too. Like, that contract for Clint Capella looks really bad, too. But I think that it makes it look better now that they have Westbrook. 
I yeah, Harden agree. can throw him. Harden can throw him new, but so can Westbrook. And then another thing, too, like you said with Harden, the game plan for the Thunder is three layup or free throw. If, if Westbrook – and Westbrook's not like a terrible free throw shooter. I think, what, he's like 80-something? Uh, not yeah. last year, but 80, normally he's not that yeah, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like career, career 80, maybe high 70s. He, he can drive and get fouled. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the game plan. If he's not going to pass it, Westbrook's going to try and score it. I think he fits great with that system. It maybe would be better if it was just him, but I mean, you take him out of the game and you got James Harden. That's a MVP, <laughs> second in MVP this year. Like it's, I don't see, I don't see any. Like maybe defensively, but Russell oh, yeah. a hustle player. He'll get some defensive plays. I think this might make them better defensively, offensively. The only problem I see is complacency and no movement. Yeah, but overall, I, I think it's a good team. Yeah, I think they won. I think they're better. And yeah, again, I the, totally future, agree. the future will tell. The future will tell us. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. All right, I'm we talked to the NBA, man. Yeah, me too. We'll we'll get into a little bit of that as well. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't worry, this conversation definitely went on for a lot longer. So stay tuned for part two. It's going to be uploaded on Wednesday. And yeah, like always, guys, we'll see you in the next one.